Whipper. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk. You know how to dance. You ever dance with the devil in the Dance Community Podcast, and today on the show we are talking with Jen and Matt from SoldiersWhoSalsa.org. Uh, Jen is the founder and executive director, and Matt is a former patient as well as a current volunteer for the program. So, welcome to today's show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And we were connecting through Jason from LDC, and I got a chance to check out the website. It looks really interesting what you're doing with this program, and. Jen, do you want to explain a little bit more about how Soldiers Who Salsa actually works? Sure. Um, we are a nonprofit organization uh, based in San Diego, California, and we teach salsa dancing as an adaptive therapy for wounded, ill, and injured military. So whether they're active, retired, or a veteran, whether you're receiving treatment at an active military hospital like Naval Medical Center San Diego, Naval Hospital Camp Pendleton, or you're at one of the VA locations, that's where we're bringing our programs. Um, for physical rehabilitation, we've got patients who have lost one or more limbs, and they're using this for balance and coordination as they work with their new prosthetics. We have patients with traumatic brain injuries who are working on the same issues of balance, coordination, but also muscle control, memory recall. And a large group of the patients we work with have post-traumatic stress. And that can, so we work with behavioral um, having people in close contact, having people make eye contact, be in a loud environment, be in a crowded environment. So a lot of triggers that can be can be a challenge for someone with post-traumatic stress. We use salsa dancing as a way to safely, continually expose someone to that and get them back out into the community. Absolutely. Well, how did you personally get involved in this, Jen, since you founded this? Why, why did you start this organization? I had just moved to San Diego from Washington, D.C. area, where I was managing a ballroom dance studio. And the studio where, that hired me out here in San Diego asked if I had any connection to the military. And at the time, my cousin was deployed in Afghanistan with the Marine Corps. My father is a retired uh, colonel in the Air Force. My grandfather is a uh, World War II pilot. So I have a huge military connection. I thought it was a really odd question on a dance interview if I had any military connection. <laughs> but um, there was a, a gentleman, his name is Mike Pudlinski, and he's a physical therapist at Naval Medical Center San Diego. Big salsa dancer. He used to take lessons at this studio, and he had been teaching dance during lunchtime to his patients with their prosthetics to help them with their balance. And he thought it would be a great way to get people out, but he's more of a dancer and not so much a teacher. So he asked the studio if I would come out and just teach a six-week class. So it was supposed to be six weeks, and that was April of 2010, and we haven't stopped since. I just saw that there was a lot there was a lot more potential than just balance and coordination. There was a lot more going on, and I asked if we could if they would let me keep coming. Um, and they said, "Well, we can't pay you." I said, "That's fine. Don't pay me. This isn't about money. This is about making a difference and doing something with this these dance skills that I have." Well, and, and on that, on, on making a difference, Matt, I, I really am really curious about hearing your story with the program. Uh, 
maybe a little bit of background on your, your service here to our country and then how you got involved with the program and just how, how you think it may have had an impact on your life. Sure. Um, my, uh, so I was a Marine. I was, uh, I was, my final rank when I left was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I spent six years in the Marine Corps, and I did a combat tour in 2008 and 2009 in Iraq. And um, it, was, it was interesting. You know, I, I did um, what I believed I, I signed up for, you know. So I wasn't exactly trained to go on some of the operations that I went out on. And, uh, and that, that's not to say that the training I received was inadequate. It's just to say that, you know, I ended up getting tied to the hip with some special operations teams, and I wasn't exactly... Um, uh, you know, up to up to speed on a lot of the operations that we went out on. So uh, for me, it was, you know, like I said, everything I, I, I joined the Marine Corps for, I was being the Marine's Marine, in my opinion. But I had no idea how that truly affected me until I came back from out of country. And when I came back out of country, it was, you know, things became more surreal. And I, I became a complete um, hermit. Uh, um, and my, my barracks room had to be completely dark. I didn't go out anywhere. Uh, I didn't do anything. If you didn't share a uniform of service, I, I didn't associate myself with you. I rarely left the base, and if I did leave the base, I went to another base. <laughs> and, and so I kind of kept myself centralized around um, service members because those were the only people that I felt that could understand what I had gone through and what I had been through. Uh, and that, that's not to say that my, my situation was worse than anyone else's. I have friends that um, came back in worse condition with way worse of injuries than I, I had received. But um, I just had a hard time coping, you know, because you, you typically run into this situation where you have the, the survivor's guilt of, you know, why your friends and why not you? Why, what's so important about you that you made it back? So I, I couldn't deal with that. And I, I went to endless, I, I think I had, by the time it was all done, I had two psychiatrists and six psychologists by the time it was all done. And um, I was on uh, countless medications, and none of them worked. And I was at a PTSD group, um, and one one of the, the, the people that were there suggested that I go to um, recreational therapy. And I was like, well, what is that? And they were like, well, it's it's cognitive reconditioning, so they're going to give you some skills that will help you to, um, you know, get a, get reacquainted with things you, you used to enjoy or things you might have never known you enjoyed. And one of them happened to be the, uh, the salsa therapy. And my first time going to the therapy, it, you know, Jen is an amazing person. Her personality is, is absolutely awesome. But after the first class, she said, you know, you're the only black guy I've ever met with no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and she was You must take that very hard. <laughs> oh, no. I, it, was, it was all in good fun. You know, you, gotta, you, have, to, you have to see Jen when she conducts these classes. It's, it's amazing. She, she brings people out of their shell even if they don't want to come out of their shell. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, it's, you know, dancing is not really my forte, <laughs> but, you know, you know, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, I, I kept going and, um, and mostly because, um, my, my psychiatrist, this was a standing medical appointment. So if I didn't go to this appointment, my command would get involved and it would become a military issue now or, um, or a command issue. So I had to go to these appointments. 
And like I said, I didn't go out anywhere. And one of the times that we went out, Jen uh, was, was making a roster, and I was under the impression that it was one of those you had to do these kind of things. Um, but there were we were getting ready to go out to do a social dance out in out in town, and I was you know really reluctant about wanting to go in the first place. But again, my psychiatrist told me this is a you will do this situation, and so we went out for a social dance, and and I don't think Jen knew it at the time. I'm I'm pretty good at putting on a front, but uh, it was the first time I had been off the base in a social environment with the you know general population of San Diego in a year and a half. I, I, I just hadn't been anywhere. Um, and when I was there, um, some of the other volunteers and Jen, you know, I sat down. I didn't want to dance at all. <laughs> um, I sat down, and then when they pulled me to the dance floor, literally pulled me to the dance floor, I was crying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> And then, um, you know, eventually it, it, it became something where it's very difficult to remember previous trauma when you're focused on the next step and trying to stay in rhythm and stay on beat and trying to make the lady, as Jim says, your job is to make the lady look as beautiful as possible. So <laughs> it's very hard to try to do all that and remember some previous trauma that you, you, you sustained. And that's where I fell in love with, with salsa. It, it, just, it, it was, like I said, very difficult for me to, to continue to dwell on some of the past experiences that I had, and even some of the recent ones when I was dancing. It was very easy to lose yourself in the rhythm and the, the clave and, and the, the drums, and it, it's very easy to lose yourself in it. Yeah, it's, it is very interesting because I... I got into salsa because of a broken relationship, and I hear a lot of people saying that. You know, some, so it, it sounds honestly as I as I think about it in my head, it sounds so minuscule compared to being in a war environment and you know fearing for your life. Certainly, I was never in that position, but I have found that people do get into this uh, to to cope with that and really to grow, hopefully, from those experiences that were were traumatic and however you define that and. It's it's amazing the spectrum of situations that that salsa and I believe dance in general really can have on people who are dealing with all kinds of things. Um, and I'm reminded of this of this. I don't think it would be called a quote, more like a saying. It was on my website for a little while. It's it's called salsa. It's cheaper than therapy. And it's it's a funny <laughs> phrase, but it also is entirely true. It's like man, the traditional therapy that if you don't have health insurance, that that can get quite expensive, but I do certainly consider salsa a form of therapy, and you're absolutely right. When you are dancing, you can't be thinking about other things. You can't be thinking about things that would be taking over your mind otherwise. So it's a great way of just clearing out the clutter, clearing out all these things, and just really being in the moment. And that's really what it became. I mean, I started, you know, I started going out more and more on my own, and I think that that's where I developed a new. Uh, lease on life, and I think it. Uh, I mean, it got to the point to where I was. I was working at a a, a, a pretty large company, um, and they happened to have a salsa class before work. So I was showing up an hour early for work just to go to a salsa class, <laughs> um, because I I became that addicted, that addicted to it, and then that became um, 
you know, this cathartic kind of thing where, you know, I would go back to, you know, the, the class at Naval Medical Center Balboa and I, I would, you know, see people that were, you know, in a state of um, a, a condition that I was in maybe a year or so ago. And it became, a, well, how can I help you get over whatever it is that you're dealing with right now? Maybe you feel, you know, less confident about yourself. Well, salsa is a great way to fix that. You have to be confident when you're doing some of these steps and, and going through some of these things. So um, I, that's really what I, what I loved about it. Right. And, Jen, what does the curriculum actually look like? So I teach salsa here in Gainesville where we teach dance classes. Is there any any particular twist that you have on it given, you know, who your clientele are, who the people are that are coming in and, and taking these classes, or would it be what all of us consider to be a normal salsa class? Um, I think it's kind of a hybrid of both. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's very much a normal salsa class, intro to salsa, um, but our teachers have to be really aware of what's going on in the room. Um, because it's in a therapeutic setting, like Matt was saying, it's one of his medical appointments. So a therapist who's usually in charge of the room or in charge of the recreational therapy program lets our instructors know that, you know, you're going to have um, some females in the room who are who may not be ready to dance with a male yet um, because of whatever their uh, trauma or experience has been. Or you've got this, you're going to have someone in the room with a traumatic brain injury, so if we're doing spins, that person might lose their balance, so be careful. Uh, this other person may not be ready to touch another person, so good luck, have class. <laughs> so, you know, you have a class of 10 patients, all with various issues, and you still have to keep it fun, you got to keep it engaging, and everyone's got to feel like they're progressing in some way. Um, it really helps, you know, like when I have Matt come back to classes with me, you know, he's been there. He understands, and that's the really neat thing about some of these guys who come back as volunteers, both the males and females that come back as volunteers. That they've been through it. They get it. They're really great at helping out their brothers and sisters who they see them going through some of the same issues they did. But I, I bet if you walked into one of our classes, you would be like, oh, this is just like my salsa class. But, again, the only thing different is that as a teacher, you've got to be aware that, okay, Janie, she's not touching anybody today. Okay, John, he can't do spins. But so you know, it's a challenge, but it's not impossible. <laughs> right, right. It sounds like you have to be almost a, a super teacher in that when I'm teaching my students, I do try as much as I can to cater to each of them, and sometimes that's challenging in a big group. But usually, what I'm catering to is like, uh, you know, maybe they're a little bit shy, or maybe they don't have the best rhythm, like Matt. You know, sorry, Matt. Uh, but, but you know, it's it's nothing on the the scale of, of what you're talking about with like having, you know, fundamental issues with being able to spin or doing certain things. So it sounds like like you guys have to have obviously the ability to teach uh, and and know the knowledge of of the salsa moves, but also have a real high level of just emotional intelligence, being able to understand contextually really what's going on with the group in, in individuals and the dynamic between individuals. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I would tell you that one of the stories that came out of our program in San Antonio, uh, the instructor of our program there is an Army veteran himself and salsa instructor, and he was teaching at the Army Medical Center, and there was this girl 
who would come by every week. She would circle class, but she would never participate. And, you know, he could just tell she wanted to participate, she wanted to jump in, but she just never did. And then finally one day he said, you know, why don't you give us a try? And she held out her arm, and she's missing her hand. And she said, I'm watching every, I watch all the time because you always spin the girl with her right hand, and I don't have a right hand. And he said, okay, so we'll do stuff with your left hand. Come on. And just started adapting right away, just adapting. He's like, I don't need your hand. I just need your wrist. Give me a little pressure here. Give me some resistance here. And let's turn you with the left hand. And he did every move that that he had been working on just with a different hand and modified it and made it like it's no big deal. And she was so happy. And she had such a great time. And she kept coming back. And, like, she just didn't. You know, there's all sorts of things going on. Is someone going to look at me funny? Is someone not going to want to, you know, dance with me because I don't have a hand on that arm? Like, those are, I mean, we all have issues when we go out dancing. I don't want someone to step on my toes. Am I dressed right? Do I smell funny? But they've got a whole nother level going on. So that level of empathy from a teacher to be able to say, like, yeah, that's fine. Let's do this. I'll modify anything. I want you to be able to dance, and I want you to feel what we feel. So let's go. Right. Right. I I just got back from from Vegas, and this really reminds me of I was watching Cirque du Soleil, and it was the Michael Jackson one. Which, if anyone has not seen Michael Jackson one, it's an amazing show. But especially if you're a Michael Jackson fan, which really who isn't? But right. I was watching the show, and near the end of the show, there was this dancer that came on, and he only had, uh, well, he actually only had uh, no legs. He had no legs. So he was dancing there with these circuit Soleil dancers, and he had his crutches on his arms, and he was doing, like, stuff that I can't do with two legs, and he was doing that with <laughs> no legs. It was absolutely phenomenal. I was, my mind was completely blown, and that was, like, that plus the general mind-blowing of Cirque du Soleil, like, that just put me off the charts, but yeah, it's incredible <laughs> how, you know, us as human beings are, are truly adaptive, you know, we can adapt to pretty much pretty much anything, and I mean, that that brings back to this whole idea of, of PTSD and being able to adapt in that environment, but then coming back to America and understanding that you don't have to adapt, and, and my understanding is to try to unadapt in a way. Would that be an accurate way of, of thinking about this, just is unadapting? Is that accurate? I, you know what? I think that it's 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 just uh, in the Marine Corps we have a saying. You know, you adapt and overcome to everything. And so it it, it reminds me of a saying that I think it was Antonio Banderas in the movie. That I, I want to say that it was him. But it's something that I personally took into consideration when I approached this dancing. It was you should uh, um, the the essence of a true warrior should be able to handle a woman just as he handles his weapon. So. I think about that because I know that I know every single nomenclature of my weapon. I know every single portion of it. I sit and I clean it maybe four or five times a day. I, I know I know how how sensitive the trigger is. I know exactly how many rounds are in each magazine. I know if the springs of each magazine are, are worn or, or tattered or something like that. So you become real intimate with this piece of gear because that's your life-saving gear. Whereas when you make that transition to dance and, and the sensitivity that you need to have with a woman, you, you have to have that same kind of, um, you know, we, 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 we handle um, the, the weapon with um, a positive sense of control. 
And so while we're doing that, you have to have that same positive control when you're dancing. You have to be in tune with what's happening as it's happening. And I think that that's an easier transition for someone that's coming from theater to kind of see it that way. Right. Well, so, Jen, tell me where – first give me a sense of scope for where you guys are at right now, how many cities you're operating in, what the general impact of of your organization is right now since 2010, how you've grown – and then also just what's coming down the pipe, what, what's here for the, for the future of the organization? Sure. We've got, we've, we actually expanded in May of 2014 into the VA system, and that's been uh, almost explosive growth for us. We started out in these major military medical centers like Naval Medical Center San Diego, Um, Because at the time, we were still involved in conflicts in both Iraq and Afghanistan. We had a lot of um, men and women coming back. As the troop withdrawal started to wind down and we had less and less injuries, those patients, a lot of them were moving into their local VAs. And one of the guys who I worked with at Camp Pendleton had moved to Boston. And he said, listen, I'm having trouble out here. you know, we moved out to Boston, but the rec, the, there's no rec therapy for me out here. I really miss salsa. I miss having something that I could do that was social. You know, why why don't you have a program here? And I said, well, that's a really good question. Why don't I have a program there? I guess I need a program there. So, <clears throat> so we started out here. In, I'm based in San Diego. So we started at the Naval Medical, uh, or sorry, the La Jolla VA Medical Center, which is one of the larger VAs. Uh, with a with a pilot program at a VA to make sure that you know could it work should it work how can it work um, how would it be different and uh, that program was successful and what was unique about starting at that VA was that the patients that we were working with were no longer just Iraq Afghanistan veterans they were up to Vietnam veterans and some older veterans you know the oldest in my class is in his 90s <laughs> so. Now I've got a kid who's 18 at Camp Pendleton, and I've got a 90-year-old, and they're all learning to dance. And I think that that's a really cool part of what's kind of evolved for us, is being able to have a broader reach and to see the same benefits, regardless of age, regardless of year of service, regardless of branch of service, but having those same things like Matt was talking about, like increasing his social activity, you know, just enjoying life more you know, having a lightness about you. So now we've got programs in Hawaii, got five in the California area, San Diego area, um, got some in Colorado, Washington, D.C., and we just got a grant to start one in Philadelphia at the VA there. We've got one at the VA in Brockton, Massachusetts, and I just returned from an East Coast trip where we'll start one in Philadelphia and also at the VA in Washington, D.C. And I tell you, I get requests every week from a veteran in a new city saying, hey, I read about your program, I heard about your program, can you bring it to my city? And I, I would love to say yes to every single one of those, but I also, we, it costs money, we have to pay our instructors, so we have to fundraise to get um, new cities up and funded. Definitely, we need one in Florida, Matt keeps telling me, I need one in Florida, I need one in Florida, so we got to have one in Florida. Um, there's so many places what's been really um, heartwarming for me is to see so many people identify 
with stories, like having Matt share his stories, some of the videos that you may see on our website, having these participants share their stories and having other veterans say, hey, that sounds like me. I bet I could benefit from that. So being able to offer this in different cities, I mean, that would be my goal, is to be able to have enough fundraising in place that we could have programs in every city where someone requests it. And so then, for all the listeners out there, what what is a way that they can get involved? How can they donate? Um, and and what are the denominations like? How can they how can they help? And what levels? Um, there is if you go to our website, which is soldierswhosalsa.org, there's a on the donate site site there. You can donate in any den denomination. Um, we're always asking for um, three different kind of things: time, talent, or treasure. Time being, if you can volunteer, if you're a dance instructor and you think this sounds like something that you would enjoy doing, um, let us know and maybe you're near a military VA location where we can connect and start a program. Um, if you're if you're just want to volunteer as a dance partner, we can try to get you connected with volunteer services so that you can volunteer and become a dance partner. Um, if you're a veteran and you'd like us to, to come to your city, if you're connected at the if you have a connection at the VA, that can definitely help us get started. Uh, talent, if you've got computer skills and you maybe you can't volunteer at a class, but you can help us with a piece of our website, maybe that could help. Um, if you like to fundraise, <laughs> I love your people. I love people who like to fundraise because <laughs> um, that's how we stay. That's how we stay alive. Um, and then again, as far as fundraising goes, we have people who donate. $10 a month. Uh, they just set up as a monthly PayPal donation. We have some people who donate annually during our annual campaign, which is in August. Um, and we're always looking for corporate sponsors. You know, uh, we recently received, like I said, a grant from the DAV Charitable Service Trust. So they gave us a $15,000 grant to start a new program and fund a program for a year in Philadelphia. Great. It, it, yeah, it, there there are so many ways to get involved. So I hope all the listeners are, are taking note of this. Check out the website. There's a lot of stories on here, information about the the program and everything that you guys do. Um, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show here today, Jen, Matt. Uh, before we part, you know, I just had a couple of kind of rapid fire questions just to appease my own curiosity. So, uh, <laughs> oh dear. Well, what, uh, first of all, what is your favorite dance style when it comes to salsa? Sure, certainly there are different flavors of salsa. So what, uh, what kind of salsa do you enjoy the most? One where a guy stays on time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like that one, too. <laughs> See, I, I, stay, I stay on time during dance, but it's like I switch between on one and on two timing. So I don't I do know if that so. still counts, but I, I, do I like that a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do too. You know, I don't. When someone asks me if I dance on one or on two, I just say yes. Just dance. <laughs> I don't. I don't get tied up in what what you dance with. Do you enjoy the music? Do you make your partner feel engaged? Like, are we dancing together, or are you just dancing for yourself? And I happen to be attached to your arm. I don't. I want to <laughs> dance with somebody that I make a connection with. Yep. Yep. How about you, Matt? Um, you know, I, I, I dance on one, but like you, I, I, I typically sometimes, you know, in mid spin or mid combination, end up on two. 
and then I'm like, okay, open break. Okay, spinner, spinner, free spins, free spins, free spins. <laughs> I figure that's the easiest way to correct everything. Um, yep. And that's, I, you know, I, I enjoy just about everything. I, I, I try to, I try to be open-minded to everything, I, and I run into, you know, so many different styles from, you know, uh, Cuban style to, uh, to just about everything. Colombian style. I, I mean, I, I've seen a lot. I've I've gone dancing a lot in a lot of different places now, and it's just, it, it, it I'm always surprised. So I, I try to adapt to everything. Absolutely. Okay. And then, what about some salsa heroes of of your own? You know, people who you see dancing either on the YouTube's, on the internets, or maybe in real life. Just people that inspired you as a dancer. Um, whether whether those are people that you've met already or just that you've seen dance online, anyone that you really just uh, personally enjoy watching them dance? Oliver Pineda. That, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. That 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 guy is amazing. <laughs> yep. I, you know, I'm trying to get him on the show, actually, so still working on that. But Oliver, if you're listening, we'll talk soon. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Jen? Um, that's really hard to say because I, I, I tend to like a little bit about everything. I, I appreciate when I see good dancing. I love when I see just like a video of an older couple who's like in their 80s or their 90s, and they're just connected and grooving with each other. You know, I love stuff like that. And then I love seeing those. I'm sure you see them on YouTube. The two little those two little kids that are like badass in the way that they dance and they spin and they're so cool. I like I love I I love all of it. <laughs> Absolutely, those kids got skills. They, they do, do have some skills. It's going to be incredible to see them grow up and see what kind of dancers they become, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Guys, thank you so much for taking some time here out of your Sunday to speak with me a little bit. Everyone who's listening, the program, it's soldierswhosalsa.org. We'll link up to it in the show notes. If you want, want to get involved, uh, go to the support tab there on the website. Uh, reach out to Jen. Is there is there an email that's best to reach about uh, inquiries of, of any kind there on the website, Jen? If you, there's a, a text box that says it's a contact and it'll pop up and it'll send directly to me. Okay. Great. Uh, and I, I will give the floor to you both if you have any final comments, thoughts here on what we discussed today or maybe things that I didn't get a chance to ask you about here today, but is there anything else you'd like to talk about here today? Um, I'll, I'll, Go ahead, Jen. Go ahead. No, no, you first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would say that, um, you know, if, if there's anyone who's listening who, um, you know, I, I run across it a lot, people who wanted to, to serve in the military and, and, you know, somehow didn't get a chance to and want to find out ways they contribute, they can contribute and, and don't often know how to do that. Um, for anyone who's in that situation, I would say start here. Start with soldiers with salsa because it, it's 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 like a, it's very much like being a teacher. You don't know how much you you've impacted your students until they come back and they they tell you. Um, but in this case, you're you're affecting people who have um, serious and oftentimes life-threatening injuries, and you know they need um, they need they need new tools. Um, and this certainly gives them new tools to put in their arsenal of how to combat. Um, things that that normally um, would be, you know, the 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 tipping point to as 
to whether or not some people, you know, commit suicide or something like that. Because uh, oftentimes, what I've found, and I and I've been there, and and what I've found is that it's it gets to be more depressing if you don't have tools. And this is one organization that is equipping service members with a useful tool and skill, something that can it's it's complex and it requires focus and dedication. And I think that that's essential to uh, a lifetime of recovery. It's you know, because oftentimes you, you have these programs, and not, that's not to downplay what these programs offer, but you have these programs that they only get you to a point, and then after that point, you know, you have nothing to go off of, you know, after that. But this is something that can, it, it's like golf. It can take you into old age. Like Jen said, she has a guy uh, from the Vietnam era that's in, in his 90s. You know, it's something that you can do into old age. So if you're looking for a way to contribute, to start here. That was so good. How am I supposed to say anything now, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to make sure that, that people are aware of um, the invisible injuries, and I think that that's a big portion of the people that we see. It's easy, you know, when I've met some, I don't know if you remember J.R. Martinez, who's an Army veteran, he was injured in Iraq and burned over 60% of his body and uh, went on to win Dancing with the Stars. But I was really struck when I met him that he said how lucky he felt because he has so many physical injuries. Because when we walk up and we see him and you meet him, you visually, you already know something has happened to this guy, so you instantly have a more empathetic nature towards him. Versus a large group of people that we work with that have either a traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress, that it's an injury you can't see from the outside. So being patient, being empathetic to, you know, n not knowing what, what anybody else's battle is and respecting that there may be injuries that you just can't see. Well, both of you have, have beautiful, wonderful words here to end the show today. And I just have to uh, share one more thing, which is that I, I'm overcome with a sense of, of gratitude that you know, I can go out there and I can, I can dance. And I don't, I don't think that I have any mental disorders. And I certainly don't have any physical disorders. And my knees feel pretty good. And I can actually do these things that I want to do with my body and with my mind. And not everyone is that fortunate or they can become that, but they got to work their ass off to do it. So I would urge all the listeners here today to get involved with the program. And certainly maybe next time you're going out to a social, out to a class, just understand how lucky you are to be able to do what you want to do with the ease that you can do it. You know, have a little bit of gratitude for the situation you're in. I most certainly will come away from this interview here today and the next time that I dance. I'm going to be really thankful that, that I can do it uh, with ease. So um, thank you for, for bringing that, uh, that feeling out in me from, from this conversation here today. Um, so I thank you both, Matt, Jen. Thank you so, so much for coming on, on the, the call here today. And um, I hope that everyone can take a look at the organization and get involved in, in your own way, even if that's just sharing information about the program on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, or somewhere else. So thank you. Thank you. No Thanks for taking no interest. ¿Y qué pasó?
creías que yo nunca podría Pues mira que aquí estoy Cayendo guapería con el Sambo 21 Vengo sábado y vacilando Y a todo el mundo aquí estoy invitando Pa' que te agarres Pa' que te subas 